Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Final breath. 
and thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the conservative conversation. And tonight we're talking about, on this episode, uh, how the Biden regime is already weakening America. Uh, The pretender-in-chief, the fake president of a stolen election, is already weakening America. Dictator Biden has already written over 37 executive orders in his first week of occupying the Oval Office. He has put America back into organizations that are detrimental to the citizens of this country, and he has opened our borders, feeling he believes to be more so representative of illegal immigrants than to the American people. Of course, as you know, we talked about this many times on the show, uh, that the Democrats want to rule these United States as a government system similar to China with one-party rule and the media to spread the propaganda to the populace. Uh, Former Obama-era despots are urging Democrats uh, to pack the courts, and of course their sycophants in the, quote, media want to silence any speech and thought that does not adhere to their agenda. Now, patriotic fanatics have to take back our nation before it's too late. Even the small things that's done by millions of people can make a difference. Uh, even small things such as you know, change your browser to DuckDuckGo so Google can't track you with about everything that you go and do and look at. Uh, wean yourself off of Google uh, by using new email provisors such as ProtonMail. Um, also, it's moving away from online shopping uh, such as Amazon, deleting Amazon Prime. Um, now, of course, these are things that are going to be – they're small, uh, but they're going to be difficult to do, and, and that's what they've, they've embedded themselves for, to be difficult because people don't want to do it. Um, but these organizations like Etsy are cow-powing to the pressures of the left and organizations such as BLM. Um, so we he ask here, you know, Bart's Logic, join with American-loving patriots uh, in your neighborhoods. Uh, remember, as we've said here many times in the show um, – we will no longer be the land of the free if we stop being the home of the brave. And I, I do see some typos I have here in my opening statements here uh, for tonight's show, so I'll have to fix those uh, later. I hate when I do that because I'll, I'll even be reading an article, and I'll be like, how did they let that slip through? <laughs> Typo. But apparently uh, you know, it happens here as well. But, but yes, uh, from my understanding of it, Joe Biden – because I'm not going to call him uh, by his stolen title. I always feel like it's a you know, like he a king is a king who's uh, usurped uh, the rightful person who should be you know sitting in the seat of the White House. Is how I see Biden. Maybe we should call him usurper Biden or dictator Biden. I mean, to my understanding of it, he has enacted more executive orders than any other president. I mean, again, just as of earlier today, it's like 37, and I still think he hasn't uh, started or, or hasn't stopped. There may be more than 37 by the end of the day. Uh, you know, what? What? You know, and this is just in a week. This is just in a week that 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 he's done that. I think I think Trump had maybe nine executive orders in his first week. Maybe uh, this guy's got 37. So. You know, all the talk about, you know, Biden, I mean, Trump being an authoritarian and, you know, and a dictator, 
Uh, that's more like a Biden. I mean, if he's already going to have this many executive orders in the first week, uh, just imagine uh, what's going down the pike. I mean, of course, you know, one of those I'm sure you've heard is uh, going to, get, you know, open up our borders. We already have more people, you know, rushing uh, to our border uh, and with, you know, COVID, which one of the things I think people should do, and I've been doing it. Uh, on on Twitter and on Facebook, and you know I'm I'm trying to wean myself off those. And for, of course, once Parler uh, is able to find a platform in which to go, you know I'll be moving more quickly to to move off those social medias. And those are also some things that we can do. But it has to be done en masse. Be be a few of us here, a few of us there, or it's not going to really make you know unfortunately make a difference in this instance. You know, it's going to take, you know, millions of people to, to do that. Now, I know we've already seen uh, the stocks go down for places like Twitter, uh, which I find interesting is I was uh, looking, you know, at Twitter before the show, and I noticed that I was trying to retweet something, but I wasn't able to. And there was a Twitter, uh, you know, personal organization called the Patriot Party, and Twitter already – now, this this – uh, Twitter handle or, or or whatever has only been around since January the sixth, and they've already have limitations sent on there. And I was looking over uh, the Patriot, you know, the Patriot Party party's Twitter, and I didn't see anything that was you know that controversial uh, on there for it to already uh, get the ire of of Twitter. So I find I find that interesting. You know, again, it's, it's, I, hate, I hate to say it, but I think it's going to get worse before it gets any better. And so, you know, we got you know it's the open up the borders, the the executive orders. Of course, you're already, and I'm sure you're already seeing it. We, I mean, we, you know, already seeing your gas prices go up, and that's going to get more. And what was one of the first things Biden did? Well, the XL pipeline. I'm sure you're hearing a lot about that. And so what's going to happen is, you know, Canada's going to want to sell their oil. Well, who's going to be the next person in line uh, to want to buy it? Well, of course, that's going to be China. Okay, so China's going to be buying the oil probably that we were meant to buy uh, through having this pipeline through through us. So now it's probably going to find itself to the Pacific to, you know, give, you know, give oil over to China. And just, I mean, they're going to be consumers. I think that's, you know, that's why a lot of people are kowtowing to China. They're thinking, oh, my God, look, a billion people think, you know, think if we could get a billion new consumers, which is, uh, uh, you know, ironic, you know, <laughs> because you know, the people who hate capitalism, they want to run, uh, you know, they say they want socialism, but then they want to run to China uh, for their businesses. So I do find that uh, awfully ironic that they'll do that. Uh, and so also, you know, you haven't heard this for a while, but they're, you know, it's starting to rear its ugly head again, is you have one of an Obama era AG. You remember this guy, and I've got a, an, an article here. And if you have trouble pulling up the, the Bars Logic Political Talks uh, 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 newsroom, uh, I don't know what happened. I was, you know, I was working with it today, and for some reason, it just it was really glitchy. I didn't even know if it, if it got the articles out. Uh, but you can check it out at www.bardslogic.com. 
politicaltalk.com. Uh, also, when you get there, you know, subscribe to the newsroom. Uh, you only get, you know, a notification once per week, so you're not going to get inundated with, you know, emails after email after email. You're just going to get one, okay? One email a week, and that's just going to let you know, you know, what uh, different articles and videos and, and photos uh, that you can see. And there are some things, again, on there um, on the website that you might be like, well, what's that doing on Bart's Logic? Again, something's going on with the, the website provider where it's just making it difficult to me to make any type of adjustments there. So uh, bear with it. But still, you know, follow it and then also follow us here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you can also listen to the show uh, on many of your podcast uh, apps. Uh, and so also uh, iHeartRadio, you can look up and, and listen to Bard's Logic on iHeartRadio. So certainly you share the show that way. Find the link here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, email it to folks. Of course, all this would be appreciated uh, to help the, the show grow because we've got some uh, a lot of interesting things here. And this is a grassroots show, so this is uh, We the People show. And so the article here, it's um, again, if, if you can find it, if it's working, the, the website, you can find it there. But it is an article from OAN and that uh, you can find from the website. And the article is Obama-era AG urges Democrats to, here we go, pack Supreme Court accuses U.S. judicial system of, quote, conservative bias, which, again, I find that ridiculous is because – Look what just happened with the court, especially the Supreme Court. They, they didn't even hear. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Conservative bias. They didn't even hear the evidence for the stolen election. They didn't even hear about it. They wouldn't even hear it. And so all this whining and crying, and on the reverse, all the people celebrating, oh, my gosh, you know, Trump put three Supreme Court justices in. Doesn't matter. Doesn't mean anything. And, oh, Trump put in 300 conservative judges. I don't think we're that made di- that made any difference either. So making a big deal about the judges, I just don't see, you know, what the what the focus is. But anyway, you know, I I don't know what good they're doing. It says former Attorney General Eric Holder, well, you know who Eric Holder is, of course, uh, has urged Democrats to pack the Supreme Court to seize full control of U.S. politics. And now he that, that's not a quote for him to seize it, um, but that's just you know. But, but still, you know that's what they're doing. Um, says while speaking at the Brookings Brookings Institute on Monday, the Obama era official claimed the High Court is not liberal enough, and said it may block Democrat policies from moving forward. And of course, we know that by Democrat policies now, we are probably we're talking about practically. Nazi policies, you know, because the Democrats, if you look at any party in modern history, if you talk about any party that's closer to being the Nazi party of the 40s in Germany, I would say that, that, that the party closest to that, closest to that is the American Democrat Party right now. So Holder went on to accuse the Supreme Court of being hostile to the ideals of the Democrat Party due to a conservative majority on its bench. Again, we know that's bull. The former attorney general is known for weaponizing the IRS against conservative groups. And remember, we had uh, Dr. Bennett Thomas on the show, Uh, so what's way back in the archives. 
you know, though we have it, but we did. He was actually uh, on here telling us a personal story on how the organization came out after him, or the IRS came after him. And remember, the Tea Party folks, uh, when the IRS did that, remember we, we talked about that. They had Justin Vitted Thomas on uh, for that. And it says, uh, and conservative Anthrax rule in the failed Operation Fast and Furious. Of course, and that is about the weapons that, of course, the media hid because the media is the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. Since Holder now appears to be calling on Democrats to establish a one-party rule in the U.S., what have we been saying here at the Bart's Logic for weeks, if not months? That is exactly what the Democrats are trying to do. I'm telling you, folks, that's why you come here to Bart's Logic. You hear a lot of stuff. You're going to hear a lot of stuff, you know, first. We're not, you know, huge, not yet, not, you know, maybe even big, not yet, but you get a lot of first stuff here, and then you hear it elsewhere, I'm telling you. Uh, it says, except for a limited period of – now, this is a quote uh, from a holder. It says, except for a limited period of time and a number and a limited number of cases, the Supreme Court has tended to defend status quo sometimes in a way that is inimical to our founding ideas, he stated. As we enter the beginning of the Biden administration, I think we should be frank about where we are now. Democrats and progressives must use the power that they have, that they now have. And remember what Schumer said when they were in uh, Georgia, when he said, if we take the Georgia, and we take the Senate, we take America. Okay, and that's what they want. They want to take America and, again, do exactly what Obama said during his administration is fundamentally change America. And the thing is, is they make it they make it sound like they're going to come after the rich, but they're not, because the rich are powerful enough to have influence to keep that kind of you know keep that from happening where they're going to be affected. It's going to be us here in the middle class that's going to be uh, you know that's going to be affected the, the the greatest, and it's going to be our kids and grandkids that are going to be affected even more. So this holder also criticized America's judicial system. For appointing the U.S. Constitutional, stating courts must take more progressive stances, key political issues. You know, like what stances? Like what the uh, the Congress just did, you know, with, with having no gender, you know, when they talk about it. So no brother, no sister, no cousin, you know. Uh, like maybe you could say cousin because cousin, I guess, is gender neutral. But, I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that's one of the first things that they do is want to, you know, pass up and say, oh, well, you know. We, we would get rid of anything that has you know, anything to do with gender. I mean, it's just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And again, um, you know, so what I mentioned earlier on and, you know, my opening statement, so to speak, is that, again, they're going to get come back to packing the courts. Soon you're going to hear about them talking about adding – again, I don't think that uh, adding on Washington, D.C. is something that – is going to be feasible. I mean, you know, our, our panelist Kelly uh, can you know talk more on that, but I don't think they can make DC, uh, you know, state. I don't even think that's something that's you know able to. However, think about it. If if they were to successfully get on, you know, Puerto Rico, you're starting to get Puerto Rico, you know, as a state, which I used to support. 
But now it's like, you know, after years going by, I'm not so supportive anymore. We we talked about, you know, back in previous episodes why, you know, that wouldn't be a good idea. At least I don't think it'd be a good idea, especially, again, you know, you, you, they're going to get – at least the presumption is they're going to get two, you know, Democrat senators, um, which I, at this point I would agree. You know, I mean, yeah, so, that, so they're looking at that. That's going to come down the pike, you know, and now – I think what you're seeing now with, you know, with having the parlor, you're seeing a lot of conservatives, uh, you know, you know, talk, you know, they're just being quieted. You know, you have the media. Now there's even some saying, you know, what was it? Um, oh, I can't remember her name was basically, you know, saying that, you know, people who are Trump supporters should be in uh, some type of rehabil- like rehabilitation camp, stuff like that. I mean that's that's kind of ridiculous, um, but yeah, but they do. They want to quiet. They want to quiet anything uh, that is uh, that is conservative, and I mean even this show, um, I'm starting to see it, uh, where you know we're, they're starting to, to to try to quiet us here uh, as well. At least you know I'm I'm seeing some some evidence of it, uh, but you know we'll see on on that. Um, but and the thing is is. I am also seeing with that, and I think it's starting to happen, is, you know, we're weak into the administration. And I think a lot of people are starting to, you know, get back into the flow of, okay, well, we've got a new administration. Now we got to fight against the administration. You know, and I get, you know, you have to move forward. But I do see a lot of people who, you know, unfortunately, you know, have just given up. I mean, they, they just think, you know, and I get it. I mean, I felt that way, you know, and there's still times I still felt like that way before. I mean, we've been fighting the good fight here on Bard's Logic for, you know, for almost a decade. I mean, it's it's hard to believe. But this, we're, we're, you know, in June, I believe, of this year, we'll be working into our ninth year here at Bard's Logic. And, you know, so it'll be almost a decade. Gosh, again, hard to believe. Uh, we've been doing this for six. <laughs> A decade. It doesn't seem like that long, but but when they say time flies, it, it really does. Um, but I see where people are getting discouraged. I mean, I've had you know plenty of people and panelists on the show throughout the years who you know dropped off. Uh, but then you even have people who you you've had on for a long time that just they give up. And I understand where people want to just you know go back and just not mess with us anymore. Just just have their regular lives. Um, you know, but what you know, it's, it's going to be hard. But we we got to get to it. We, I mean, we actually talk to our neighbors, uh, and the reason why I think it's important now to go talk to our neighbors more is because you know we relied on social media to communicate and to get you know information out and to you know unify and motivate people and get things together. We relied on social media to do that. Well, right now, social media is kind of moving against us because every time we try to do something, it's gone. Okay, I mean, look what they did to what, what they did to Parler. Look what they're doing to people on face on on Twitter and on Facebook. And so I think it's going to, and I, unfortunately, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I mean, let's hope not, but I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And so we're going to have to reach out to you know our neighbors. You know, go find out. I mean, it was easier during the campaign, you know, the, because people would still have their Trump signs. And I mean, even before the. Uh, the inauguration, people still had, you know, like myself, still had the Trump signs out. Well, I still have my Trump sign out, but I, I have noticed even around here, the the, the staunchest 
Trump supporters are now their their flags are gone. Their everything's gone. Um, they don't, you know, there's not very many that has it. So I don't know if it's people just want to move on, give up. If they're going to fight new fights, or they're just going to just say, well, you know, I'm just going to live, you know, live my best life the best that I can uh, without you know doing anything. They're just going to they're just going to step away. Um, but people aren't going to be be happy. They're going to see their again. They're going to see their their fuel uh, fuel prices go up again. We mentioned earlier uh, the Keystone Pipeline, and you know there was a rep uh, recently that said there's like 51 percent of Americans are actually opposed to it. Of course we would be. I mean, think, remember, you know, we're seeing you know always around two dollars a gallon during the Trump administration. But we don't hardly see anything now. Um, you know, I mean, with, you know, with, with around two two gallons. I mean, it's, it's still two. You know, it's under three dollars, but it's going up. But normally, we don't see gas prices go up until you know until you know, getting closer to summer, or unless something you know some type of you know oil crisis or, or something happened in the Middle East. But of course, when we had in energy independence, we didn't have to worry about that anymore. So I was just um, wetting the whistle there, getting a getting a drink. So you know that's what I'm saying by about being quiet. I mean, even here uh, on Bard's Logic, I, you know, I've noticed you know some folks here like it's we're almost halfway into the hour and just and just how quiet it is uh, here. As you're probably like, well, we don't really hear uh, the the host here talk this much <laughs> in the first half hour. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if uh, people are losing the ability to call in, or if again they're just they're just doing their own thing. Uh, and we'll just ha- have to see on on what that is. But anyway, I got um, we'll just uh, move over uh, to the articles here. We did have uh, a couple of the callers in, but they have disappeared. So I don't know if people are having. Uh, difficulties, uh, other folks having difficulties into the show, and normally we definitely have more callers in uh, as we do now. Uh, but I'm so I don't know if they're having any type of difficulties coming in uh, to the show. But let's see if um, what we got here again. Go to the Bards Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and yeah, hopefully we'll. If, the site would have been where you can uh, see it with the, uh, you know, the different articles and videos and things of that nature. Uh, but anyway, we did got an ash, uh, another article here uh, from the National Review. Uh, it says, free speech for me, but not for thee. Uh, it says, journalists have become the thing they profess to hate. Closed-minded censors who want to stifle free expression. We mentioned that, again, you know, by opening statements on how you know they want to silence any free speech, any speech that does not, you know, adhere to their agenda. It says journalists have become the one thing they hate to. They hate closed-minded censors uh, who want to stifle free expression. Says the American media. Uh, you know, I, I call it the alpha. I've been for a long time called it the alphabet media. You know, because CBS, NBC, you know, MSNBC, all those local stations. And, you know, one thing, again, if you're looking for things to do, um, I really do, you know, believe that people who are Trump supporters 
and with all those Trump rallies is we need to organize and go to these different media outlets and, you know, we need to protest there as well. Uh, you know, we need to get there en masse and say, look, we're not going to let you silence us. We're not let you, you know, to cancel us. You know, we're not going to, you know, allow you to do that. You know, you lie to us, you hold withhold information, and we knew we need to be visible. I mean, right now, you know, the show that, you know, we haven't given up. We're still fighting. You've got to be visible. And I think we really need to do, you know, do that. So if you're looking at things to do, reach out to the people who you went to the Trump rallies with. As, you know, have more protests. Get out, you know, into – I know it's winter time, so it's going to be tougher, but, you know, colder. Uh, but, you know, get out into the – I mean, look what Washington did, you know, around Christmas time, how cool it was, you know, and they uh, did you know, did their battle. So they had their battles, and now apparently we've, we've got ours. Um, and it's going to take, you know, some physical discomfort, uh, you, know, I'm think, you know, I'm thinking. So anyway, it says for uh, the American media, long Star Wars defenders of the First Amendment are now having second thoughts. For decades, it was commonplace, a commonplace sentiment among journalists that freedom of the press was once the, uh, one of the glories of our system. It helped to make the government accountable and to air diverse points of view, even a popular ones, to be tested in the marketplace of ideas. Uh, media organizations were at the forefront of the fight to vindicate First Amendment rights, with the New York Times involved in two landmark uh, Supreme Court decisions, New York Times uh, versus Sullivan and the Pentagon Papers case, intended to rise as one against any perceived threat to their prerogative and freedoms. Uh, but now, of course, the only freedoms they want people to have, especially when it comes to the First Amendment, is their own. They only want to be able to have free speech when it comes to them spreading their own propaganda. And we know that their propaganda now is the same as the Democrat Party. I mean, the media has just become it's just become the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. That's that's all it is. Um, Let's see. Okay, now I put out a message earlier. I'm just looking at some updates here. I was looking at some things easier. It's a, a, a kind of a show, uh, and I'm not sure. This is just something that I was considering is to change the show live on Mondays. Uh, perhaps I put that out prematurely uh, because <laughs> – now, I don't know if, I, if the panel, again, as I said earlier, can't get in, or they're having a hard time calling, or they think that I already switched the show to Mondays. But it's, it's, I do find it kind of odd that we are, you know, in the bottom of the hour, the first half hour of the show, and none of our, our panel uh, is here. And so well, I don't know, if again, if it's technical difficulties or if uh, they, you know, it was – Put out there that we're gonna uh, do the uh, you know the show on Mondays yet. I said I was considering it, so I don't know. I didn't even post it on the website, so I don't know what's what's going on here. If there's any technical difficulties or things of that nature, um, we'll have to uh, to see on that. So, and again, this is a you know a talk show, not just to hear me rattle off or read. Uh, Great article. So let me 
uh, check on this uh, for you folks here uh, for this episode. And let's see. Again, I'm, I'm trying to find uh, something for you. Well, I even have some of the uh, the presidential debates here. Uh, the different questions of the of the two hundred two thousand two uh two thousand sixteen presidential debate. Yeah, you should go back in the archives and, and see all the different shows we've got. We've got some some interesting shows uh, back here. You should listen to and then share it with your your friends. Again, I don't you know I don't know if I'm what happened with uh, the callers here. Again, I generally have uh, a number of them, so I don't know if. Uh, do find it interesting a week after the Biden administration gets in and we're not hearing it, you know, I'm not hearing any callers. So let me check the chat here. Yeah. Same with the chat. It's as if I'm not even on, if I'm not even on. So that's it. We've talked about the agenda 21 here on the show. Let's see. We had when we were um, against uh, Romney back in 2012. That's what started the show is when we were – see, and that's the thing about, you know, when I stated earlier about Bard's logic is that, you know, you, you hear – we've been – we talked uh, about Romney way back in 2012. We tried to warn people uh, about Mitt Romney a uh, long, long time ago back in, you know, you know, 2012. So about nine years ago, as long as the show's been around, uh, we've been – you know, saying how bad Romney was, but now, you know, you're seeing it here uh, in the way that he, uh, you know, treated Trump and how he truly was in a real Republican, how he's a progressive. Um, I mean, we even had Romney, you know, we heard that, and, you know, people like, oh, I remember people were, uh, back in 2012, uh, people weren't very happy with uh, with me and Bart's logic. I mean, I even got a death threat once, and it was actually, believe it or not, um, Blamed on us here, Bart's logic, and me personally, that oh, you're the you know you're the cause of you know I like Bart's logic single-handedly caused uh, you know caused him to you know, caused Romney to lose. Now of course he was the worst candidate to go up against Obama, uh, but now uh, you know people I think are realizing like yeah yeah maybe you know. We, you know, we was right about Romney, and then we have uh, we had Matt Bevin on the show, who uh, was the uh, first uh, went against uh, McConnell, Mitch McConnell, which people are probably wishing <laughs> Bevin would be McConnell. Now he did become a you know governor of Kentucky for you know for one administration, you know one term, and then now they got Bashir, and I'm wondering how happy the uh, people in Kentucky are uh, with Bashir with all his. Uh, with all his lockdowns, so we've had him uh, had him there. Uh, he's been on the show. I think he went on the show uh, three times, and with, he was. Uh, now, now one now one thing uh, with here at uh, uh, Bard's Logic is that I've been uh, joined, and, and I urge you to join as well. Two things. Now, one is to join. Uh, if you you know about you know people who are regulars here uh, know that I am a big Newt Gingrich fan, 
And so uh, something new, uh, besides just listening to his podcast, you can also join uh, Newt's Inner Circle, uh, which the host here has recently done. Uh, I had my first conference call uh, with the Newt Inner Circle this past Tuesday. And it was really interesting. It was really, really cool being able to uh, be on a conference call, you know, live with Gingrich. And, you know, that's, you know, when the, the, the show first started is we were, you know, in support of Gingrich in his primary campaign. I mean, back then I was a, a phone team captain, uh, you know, a phone team captain for the, uh, the grassroots campaign. And one of the things I want to play today, it's, I'm going to, Actually, try, try to find a way to get, to get this to Newt because um, he'd probably find this uh, this kind of a fun song. And this is kind of a blast from the past uh, from that. If you want groceries in your basket, be with Newt. If you want food upon your table, be with Newt. If you want jobs, Cincinnati, uh, where, you know, 
yeah, that Trump and uh, now he, now Trump did say that Gingrich would have some some part in his administration, and that never happened. I mean, I don't know if now Trump's wife uh, became the you know Calista, uh, she became the ambassador to the uh, the Vatican, you know. And so I mean, that's not really Newt being a part of the administration, you know, but uh, his wife, I guess, in in, in part uh, a part of the administration. Uh, but you know, who knows? I'm, after hearing that, I'm wondering, and who knows? Maybe I'll have to ask that um, if uh, if Newt actually gave Trump the idea of the Make America a Great Again. I'm gonna have to to look in that. I know I still got that uh, that audio uh, somewhere. I'm gonna have to uh, see if I can find it, an email email there. Uh, and so yeah, definitely. So the Make America Great Again. If you heard the end of that song. Uh, and of course, you know, and that was story for Newt Gingrich, and so, and remember, and you know, Gingrich was, it was you know, was the top, the top two contenders to be the vice president uh, with Trump was Newt Gingrich and uh, Mike Pence. Now, you know, Pence uh, ended up getting it, and I was really upset about that. I, I kind of came to a liking with, uh, with him, uh, but then, you know. Especially with the support of the space program, but then what he did, uh, you know, with with, with this uh, the past, you know, with, on November sixth, makes me think that yeah, Newt probably would have been, you know, a, a better vice president for Trump. Now I can't I'm, I can't guarantee Newt would have done anything different than than Pence. There's no way really of knowing that without directly and asking him, which who knows maybe, maybe we would, but of course, fortunately, it's a moot point. Uh, to do that, and so you know, but yeah, I, don't, I just think it would have been a, a better vice president. So maybe that again, maybe that's where he got make America great again, and that's a term again back in 2012. So we're talking about you know eight nine years ago where they're talking about make America great again, uh, and this is before uh, you know Obama's. Second term. This was after Obama's, you know, first term that 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 song came out. So that's again, that was uh, uh, one blast from the past. Uh, we got a, you know a lot of things about uh, you know Biden here that you've heard before, uh, such as we played a little bit about you know Biden and the vaccine. You know how he's going to try to get it you know mandated. Luckily, uh, I don't. I have not seen any places that are necessarily mandating them. Um uh so so that's good. Let's see. Now another uh we had a uh I'm, I'm gonna check on the Bard's Lodge that we used to have an organization uh that we did here on uh on Bard's Logic. And uh I'm trying to the Angel Heart Farm maybe. I think, uh, you know, we, we used to have them on our give page. Uh, we may still. Um, yes, it's uh, called the Angel Heart Farm. It's actually in Kentucky. And uh, it is a nonprofit organization that uses, uh, you know, equine assistance. Uh, uh, it's called equine assisted therapy uh, for children and their families facing chronic or life-threatening illnesses, and the 
farm is just, just minutes away from the UK Children's Hospital. Uh, but anyway, for over 12, what, probably longer than that, for more than 12 years, uh, the Angel Heart Farm has served children and their families uh, in a caring environment uh, where the children could experience the, you know, some warmth and, and peace uh, and bonding with a horse or a pony, in which uh, there have been studies that have shown there are positive healing effects through the equine-assisted therapy uh, by improving mental and physical health, uh, decrease in stress levels, a decrease in dissonance of depression. And you can actually get to the Angel Heart Farm uh, by going to the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalks.com. And uh, so definitely, you know, check that out. It's a great organization. Uh, and the, the, song, the song I got here, again, we're waiting to see if people are able to, to file in with calls uh, for tonight's show. Uh, it, it's a beautiful song. Uh, that someone wrote for uh, the organization, and definitely check it out. Again, you can get to the uh, organization by the Bards Logic Political Talk uh, Give page by going to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com and then go to give. Uh, but here's, uh, again, that nice song uh, that we had here uh, for that show, for that episode. Oh, no. 
decided it was time to take her back to heaven. I remember when I got the call. I just stood there and I watched the rain fall. Totally took away 
like 10,000 jobs at the, you know, Keystone Pipeline. And, that, I mean, those – now they're, you know, and, you know, within the, with COVID and – I'll tell you what, it's, it's kind of crazy when your first day is in office and you've already lost 10,000 jobs, uh, 10,000 American jobs, good-paying jobs, literally, literally with the stroke of a pen. With a stroke of a pen, and and so and then also of course that's just going to embolden China, but by one, is that, you know look I don't have anything against the people of China you know I don't have anything against you know China per se uh, but of course there's they are our strongest you know adversary I do believe uh, that, you know they want to be the the world's hegemonic power. I've been saying that for a long time. Uh, I think that, you know, economically, you know, with a billion people, that's why they're attracting a lot of your athletes and, you know, a movie, uh, you know, Hollywood. Because, like, oh, my gosh, look at all these consumers, which, again, I find uh, for people who are touting socialism, uh, for that to be extremely funny, um, you know, because, of course, they can afford socialism. Uh, The middle class here, I've, I've said many times, Inside and outside the sh- uh, show, that uh, you know I'm as middle class as middle class comes. Now I mentioned earlier about you know the uh, se- second organization. The first one I mentioned was uh, New Center Circle, and I'm hoping to become more involved with that. I'm just going to see how my work schedule is going to be able to work around that. Oh, and, but another well, other thing, they do have a lot of conference calls, and I think it's a good organization to join to fight against uh, this Biden regime. Um, and there's a lot of intelligent people that belong to this organization. Is the LaRouche Pack, uh, and they're you know they're the strong supporters of the uh, the space program. And I'm going to bring another blast from the past uh, for you in a little bit. You know, kind of try to have some fun tonight after I'm sure what has been a long week of the Biden uh, administration's uh, first week. And so uh, their take on uh, their take on China is a little different. I mean, I want to have uh, one of their uh, folks on there, his name's Hector, on the show. I mean, he's, he's very knowledgeable about China. They got a different take, you know, on China, maybe not as, as, as harsh as, as some of the other folks that uh, we have and I, I, I listen to. Um, I, I, I haven't, I, I haven't subscribed to their um, their optimism, I guess you could say, about China. Uh, as, as the group has, and they're not necessarily pro-China. I mean, they do believe that we need to work with China uh, as, you know, maybe as a, as a partner, not, yeah, partnership, as a cooperative uh, for global issues. You know, I think, you know, they see this, you know, space exploration, I think, more as a, a global effort. It's, it's more than a United States. I'm more of the mind of it being a, uh, the, you know, the United States because, I mean, you already have, you know, China, you know, they're, they're doing the militarization of space, and that, that it, it, let me tell you something. It's not for the United States, you know, working together, you know, that's a concern thing. It's not them working together for the United States. So, I mean, it is important for us to, uh, you know, have a strong space program uh, for, for many reasons, and I am very concerned uh, about what, uh, you know Biden's going to do, 
and I've heard other people, you know, mirroring that concern. Now, whether they'll be able to uh, – with Elon Musk and a lot of the uh, privatization, you know, of space, I think that's really going to help uh, curtail any damage that the Biden administration, or I should – I'd like to call it the Biden regime, because that's more like what I, I – I, you know, believe that it is like a regime, then especially the way in which uh, they came to power. You know, I, I, I said to somebody on Twitter that, you know, I feel like they were, uh, he was installed. Uh, Biden was pretty much installed there, at least, you know, at least to be there for a short time. Again, I think he'll step down due to the health reasons within a year, and then Biden Harris. But of course, that'll wait. I think that would work in our advantage because, you know, once Biden steps down, I, I don't think, I, I don't think. But Harris would have a chance of any reelection. Of course, they can always steal it like they did last time. But my hope is, is you know, and I do urge people to become, you know, poll watchers. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to learn how to be a poll watcher. Um, so or ballot watcher, whatever they call it. Uh, so I'm, I urge people to to do that too because one, now that they, I mean, now that we know they stole it, and they know that we know they stole it. Um. Uh, yes, did it embolden them? Yes, did it embolden their propaganda arm, aka the American quote unquote media? Uh, have they been emboldened? Certainly, I think they're going to be emboldened for a short term, possibly even the long term, and try it again. But they did it so brazenly, and I think they know. Again, I think they know that we know um, that they stole it. Of course, they got to play the part and act like that. You know, oh no, we didn't. Blah blah. Well, you know what? Then if you didn't, then you should have let you know allowed things to be more. Transparent and stop blasting the people who did it. You know, and say, look, okay, fine, we'll we'll, we'll show us the evidence. Of course, you know, they try to say there isn't any. We no one showed them evidence. Well, I mean, we've seen it here on Bard's logic, where we've seen the evidence. So, again, if they didn't have it in the hide, why would you know? Why wouldn't they just go ahead and let it go through? So anyway, so we'll. Uh, We'll see how that one pans out, but I apologize going back to tangent. But the so the Rouge Pack again, it's a very interesting. That, you know, they do have a lot of meetings, a lot of conference calls. So if one night doesn't work for you, you know, you can uh, go another night. Now this, I don't have any links to this on the website as of yet, um, but I believe, I believe that's on www.larouchepack.com. If you would like to get links uh, to go to their uh, their conference calls. Uh, you're welcome to uh, reach out to me. Uh, you can reach at the Bard's Logic contact page by going to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com uh, and uh, you can go to the contact page and you know, let me know. Hey, you know, send me the, you know, you know send me a link so I can go to one of these uh, LaRouche conference calls. I think they're a pretty interesting thing to go to. Uh, so check that out. And of course, while you're at it, while you're visiting the website. You know, while you're, you know, here listening to on, on Blog Talk Radio, uh, share the link, you know, take it, email it to folks. Um, because, I mean, again, I've noticed that, you know, I've, I've noticed a, a, a decrease in numbers, and I think that there's a couple different uh, reasons for that. I think, again, I think a lot of people are exhausted. You know, I think a lot of people are burned out. I feel I, I know a lot of people, and I felt this way myself, where they just can't, uh, they feel like, why? Well, I mean, what's the use? They feel dejected, and but that is, of course, is exactly what um, 
the Democrats want, and um, we can't we can't give that to them. So, you know, as much as we we'd like to just you know go into the forest, so to speak, you know, and you know just live a simple life, uh, it certainly would be less stressful. But of course, I mean, are we going to? And I say this again. I say this myself. I let's just leave. You know, it'd be so tempting to leave it to someone else. But unfortunately. Too many people have been and, and have done that. So that's one of the um, – so we can't do it. But anyway, I, I did promise this uh, uplifting. And, again, again we're you know, want to bring some, you know, some things back from, you know, when Trump is in office. I know, it's, you know we're still, you know, let down about that. Um, but I think that by, you know, playing these uplifting uh, audio is that – It'll, it'll motivate because we, we don't want to be just, you know, a talk show here. We want people to, you know, go out and, you know, do something and make a difference, right? It's a, I mean, that's one of the things I liked about my daughter's high school is one of their mottos was, you know, I'm paraphrasing, you know, uh, you know, young women going out to the world and making a difference. Actually, I think that might have actually been a quote. <laughs> I might have actually quoted that right. But, that, yeah, young woman going out to the world and making a difference because uh, my daughter did go to – an all an all girl uh, Catholic school, um, which is ironic because I'm not Catholic or Christian, but <laughs> be that as it may, uh, she is, and, and so that's where she she went to school. But I do, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I picked the school um, is that you know I, I really liked it. Their motto really stuck to, and that's not the only reason why. Um, but that was a big thing. I mean, you I mean you hear the different mottos and things of that nature. Uh, but that one really, that one really stuck with me because, you know, we don't do this just to hear we, we ourselves talk. I mean, that's why Bard's Logic is called Bard's Logic. It's not named after me. I, uh, you don't, it's not, you know, my name's show, uh, because it's not about me. It's not even real. I mean, not it's, it's about my thoughts some, and about you know, my opinions and my, certainly my analysis. Uh, but it's more about you know. You know, we the people, you the the grassroots, and that's why I said it's the 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 grassroots. We the people show it's your show. Um, so we definitely want to hear what uh, your thoughts are. Um, but it, it's not just about talking; it is about getting out. Um, we said this since the beginning of the, the the show in 2012 is to you know go out, do your own research, and to to make a difference. And you know that's what we we try to do here on the show. Uh, of course, I'd love to be able to make a you know, huge impact, big difference. You know, I, I think the organizations I mentioned earlier, the LaRouche Pack, uh, the New Gingrich Inner Circle, I think those are good uh, organizations to, to get into uh, because it's people working together, trying to, you know, trying to make a difference um, and trying to save America. So while I wet my whistle here, uh, let me go ahead and play this. Uh, it was from the uh, GOP convention uh, when Trump was running for president. To command a space shuttle mission. Good evening. It's great to be here with you tonight. Thank you. From the moment the first pilgrims arrived on our shores, Americans have been asking, what's next? We are a nation built by the passion 
of people who weren't afraid to do something first, to step into the unknown and to pave our own way forward. We are a nation of explorers. In 1961, President Kennedy issued a challenge to America to land a man on the moon and return him safely to Earth. And 47 years ago, on this very day, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin answered that call and they walked on the moon. They took with them an American flag and a plaque bearing the inscription, Here, men from planet Earth first set foot upon the moon, July 1969. We came in peace for all mankind. We landed on the moon to fulfill a leadership challenge and to explore. We know that exploration leads to invention, innovation, and discovery. For example, our successful robotic missions to Mars, Jupiter, and Pluto have provided valuable information about our own planet. But in 2011, the space shuttle program ended. The last time the United States launched our own astronauts from our own soil was over five years ago. We must do better than that. <laughs> countries that are strong are countries that explore, invent, and discover to remain resilient in a changing world. I'm honored to have played a role in our nation's heritage of explorers as the first woman to command a space shuttle mission, joining the ranks of those that have fought to lead the way. Thanks. And we are all so proud of our Apollo program that put our astronauts on the moon first in peace for all mankind. Nations that lead on the frontier lead in the world. We need that visionary leadership again, leadership that will inspire the next generation of explorers to have that same passion. We need leadership that will ask Americans, Americans will ask again, what's next? We need leadership that will make America's space program first again. And we need leadership that will make America great again. I want to thank all of you. Thank you for what you're doing. God bless America. Please welcome some women in business for Trump. I hope everyone was able to hear that. I did get a message that that was uh, uh, too low. If so, I certainly apologize for that. Um, I came through fine on on my uh, flash uh, speaker here. So, um, but but if out there, if you if it was low for you, I apologize for that. Uh, but yeah, and actually, you know, five years later, even after that, 
uh, what you're saying, it's been five years since we we had people blast off. Remember, it was during the Trump administration that we finally launched astronauts from uh, U.S. soil uh, with American astronauts on American rockets. Uh, which again, I found I find ironic. And one of these days, I'm going to try to get um, uh, Senator Kelly on, who was an astronaut. Uh, who, to my understanding, isn't too fond of the Artemis program, who I want to see if he was uh, on board with the whole Russian collusion because he spent a lot of time with the Russians. Uh, he, you know, when he was going to the space station, he stayed in the year uh, at the space station. Um, then uh, I'd like to get his take on, on whether he really believed the whole Russian collusion thing. So hopefully in the future – I haven't reached out to him yet, but, uh, you know – and who knows? Again, with him being a Democrat, I don't even know if he would he would come on the show. I definitely have some some questions. It'll be interesting to to ask. And that was um, I think it was uh, is it Gabby Giffords Giffords' husband? I think he um, he's her husband. If I remember the, my politicians correctly. Uh, so anyway, we'll try we'll we'll try to get him on. But again, I mean, so it took you know that many years to to get you know get that done. Um, and of course, now that I, you know, there's people who believe that you know our space program is in jeopardy. Uh, I was on that conference call in the inner uh, new center circle, yeah, yesterday, and you know I kind of brought it up, but you know I ensconced it in a question for um, I should have made an audio clip. Actually, I did. I just didn't upload it, uh, but it was kind of a long audio clip. So maybe I'll uh, put that. Give me a little background for those who are new to the show tonight. Is that or, or listen to the archive? Is that I joined uh, Newt Gingrich's inner circle, uh, whereas uh, on Tuesdays, at least we're going to try to have it on Tuesdays, where there's a conference call every Tuesday, and you can submit questions and or call in for questions, things of that nature. Uh, during the conference call, I, I emailed my question in, um, uh, but it's pretty, pretty interesting. I'm hoping to make that a weekly thing, but I got to check my my work, you know, see if my work in a, a schedule can accommodate for it, uh, but we'll see. Uh, so that's um, that's one thing. But anyway, back to my point is that, you know, with him weakening, uh, the Biden regime already weakening America, even with talk that basically that the space program is going to be used to basically prop up their environmental, you know, proof, you know, climate change instead of what it's really supposed to be for in – you know, with space exploration and, and focusing on, you know, space. Now, some, you know, cl- you know, inner space, you know, within, within our our atmosphere or, or in the outer atmosphere of of of, of, the, earth, of the earth. But the way that's going to weaken, the way that could, that again, nothing has happened yet for that. But that's my concern because what I stated earlier in the show is that, you know, China already has, and they're already starting, not just China, Russia too, is already starting to weaponize uh, weaponize space. I mean, who knows? Wouldn't that be terrible if Russia or China came up with an actual SDI program before the United States did? I mean, Ronald Reagan used uh, SDI, you know, and, and it was never actually real, but the threat of it actually helped uh, with the collapse of the Soviet Union. But if you can imagine if, you know, you have a China or a Russia uh, be able to actually do that. So with not paying attention uh, to what they're doing in space, 
I think that's going to be to our detriment, and that certainly uh, would weaken uh, America. And again, not that it's happened yet, but there has been talk uh, that that's going to be, you know, his focus. And I hope uh, people like Elon Musk, who I was really happy with the other day because he kind of railed against, you know, the censorship uh, that's been going on. So, you know, from the different social media platforms and Amazon. Once again, I mentioned, you know, I know it's going to be tough. Get away from Amazon. I mean, today is actually or tomorrow is my last day for Amazon Prime because I canceled my Amazon Prime uh, because what Amazon did to Parler. Uh, There's some TV shows on there that I really want to watch. I haven't watched for years, and and you can actually just for a couple bucks, you know, kind of watch some old programs or some other things, you know. But And then you can, of course, order uh, things and get get it for free and things of that nature. Um, and I was actually going to go to Etsy, uh, but I discovered Etsy actually uh, was getting – it's gotten kind of involved in politics, um, you know, choosing sides and things of that nature, like giving in to uh, BLM and then a couple of years ago supporting net neutrality, uh, which, I, of course, I think is going to be a bad thing, which, of course, you know, the liberals – are going to uh, you know try to, to try to use the force, uh, so it, it's, I know it's going to be tough because you'd be like, well, who to go to? Like for instance, again, a lot of small things. I think if you get millions of people to do a lot of small things, it could really make a difference uh, and and wake these people up. Like you know, like now I don't use Google for any of my uh, my search engines. I go to DuckDuckGo now. And you can actually – it's real easy. All you got to do is designate it as your uh, your default browser, and um, that's all you got to do. And then uh, also I'm, I'm weaning myself away from Google from all the tracking that they do. And now this is just how hard it is to get away from stuff. And people – I understand why people want to throw their hands up and be like, oh, my God. Um, I, I'm, I'm moving over slowly to ProtonMail, and ProtonMail is – uh, it's actually it's, it's, it's supposed to be where they don't track your emails. Uh, everything, all your emails in and out are encrypted, encrypted to the point that even the people from Proton Mail cannot read your cannot read your emails. Okay, so so that's something. But I found out, of course, uh, now Proton Mail is actually in Switzerland, and Switzerland has a lot is really strong privacy laws, and that's why I thought they were a good pick. Uh, to do that, but then I found out, well, nothing that Proton, you know, the people who do run Proton Mail did. Davos, I mean, look what's going, <laughs> look what's going over in Davos, Switzerland, right now. So it's like, you know, I know it's hard to get away from from this stuff because, I mean, the the the, the left, and again, I'm not saying Proton's a part of the left, because um, I'll be honest with you, I don't know enough yet. I, I I'm testing out Proton Mail so that I can report on it. So far, I've liked it. Um, I like being moving away from, from you know, Google, you know, Gmail, because – and I've had, like, multiple Gmail accounts uh, that I'm moving away from. Uh, and, again, I don't even use Google anymore. For, for that, I was going to buy one of the Google Pixel phones. Nah, decided I'm not going to do that. Um, so just little small changes uh, that we could do. And, again, it's, it's not easy, especially, you know, I'm going to miss my Amazon Prime. <laughs> Because I'm going to miss, you know, free shipping, and, I mean, you can just find practically anything on Amazon when you want to order anything. 
Um, but you know, it's uh, it's about the principles. And one thing you know, we've I've tried to live by here on uh, Bard's logic is about principle, and I'll, I know I'm bringing things back. I guess this this show's turning out to be a nostalgic night for me. Uh, but what what this comes back to in 2012 again, when the um, the show first started, and I remember I wasn't working at the time. I actually had the time. Like I was laid off because it was that's but after a couple of years after the housing bubble, I was laid off for about a year and a half after um, I think March of 2011 until 2000 and uh, December of 2012. I was laid off. So I was laid off about about a year and six months. I got a Skype caller in. I'll, I'll get I'll get to it in a minute. Um, I, I won't put you in the green room because it's just me and you right now. But um, I'll finish my little story here and then I'll get you in. Is that you know? Because I mean, it was, uh, I was in the landscaping business, and after the housing bubble, it's just far and I was late. I mean, I mean, I had a degree. I mean, it was even after I had a degree. Um, graduated, graduated cum laude from from college, went back to my thirties, uh, and I mean, you know, had years of management experience. You know, decades of management experience. Like, you know, you know, a, a ten years worth of you know a small business experience. You know, graduated cum laude from a a good university here in Ohio, and I could not find a job. It was – I could not find a job. And there's times where I even knew – I mean, I, t- I was – I'll tell you a little funny. I was desperate, so desperate one time. I even put in a cover letter that, you know, basically uh, I know I'm ever qualified for this job, but I want to work. <laughs> you know? I mean, but, but then, you know, I, I mean, I don't blame them because I know that once you find something better, you're out. Um you know, so I don't – I didn't blame them per se, um, and, and and that's the truth. I mean, I, I probably would have, you know, found something better because – but, I, I mean, it was something. I wanted to work. Um, but finally I got, you know, on with a, a really good company I'm working with now, um, and so that's been about, a, you know, eight years, nine years there. But anyway, to my point is – I'm giving you a little background of the start of the beginning of the show is – and what I was getting with, with it, it's going to be hard. To, to do a lot of these things, even though they're small, like, ah, so you're giving up, you know, uh, Google Mail. Well, when you have a mailbox that, you know, you got four email addresses, you have one for your kids, you have one for your the show, you have a personal one, you know, and then you literally have tens of thousands of emails, and you have everybody, you know, changing all your email addresses, um, I mean, it's kind of a pain. It's not real big, but that's kind of a pain. You know, not being able to get the free shipping and, and, and the ease of shopping because you could find anything on Amazon, right? And the, But not doing that, it's about principle. And I remember for Father's Day eight years ago, so my daughter was 10, and for Father's Day, she got me one of those cozies, you know, the things you can put your, your cold drink in, your beer, whatever, right? And on this, and at the time, I was getting a lot of Oh, our Skype caller just left. I told him I was going to bring him in. Um, anyway, maybe they'll call back in. But anyway, the uh, the cozy had on it, and, and back then again, I was I was having I was getting a lot of slack on the show because I didn't I wasn't supporting Biden, not Biden, uh, Romney. Same same thing, right? Biden Romney, same thing. You no, know, but I wasn't supporting uh, I wasn't supporting Romney. 
And I got a lot of – I mean, even I had, like, one guy give me a death th- threat. I had another a guy who's a lawyer saying, oh, I'm going to investigate you, blah, 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 all because I was not I – was, I was a conservative radio show host, right, and I was not supporting Romney. I was actually, um, you know, interviewing and, and, and showing support for a lot of your alternative parties, especially the Constitution Party when uh, Virgil Goode, who we've had many times on the show, uh, he was running for president for the Constitution Party, and, you know, I voted for him. I mean, I, he sold it to this guy. I thought I couldn't, by my conscience, vote for uh, for, for Romney because, I mean, I railed about Romney for months. So I'm like, okay, I can't complain about the guy to say how terrible literally he is and then turn around and vote for him. I, I couldn't do it. But anyway, so on this cozy that, that my daughter gave me, my 10-year-old daughter gave me, and the reason why I mean you know, that, that this quote that's on this cozy meant so much is because it, it was a quote by uh, a quote by George William Curtis. Now George William Curtis was a uh, a Republican who left the Republican Party, much as I left the Republican Party in 2012, uh, because he he. he one, I can't remember the name of the guy, the person who got nominated, but basically the the the, the guy who was nominated to be president was pretty much handpicked by the establishment. Pretty much the same thing that happened to uh, you know with Romney. He was pretty much handpicked uh, by the Republican Party, and they did a lot of things to make sure he got nominated. And so he left the party. George William Curtis left the Republican Party. And th- this is why I say that even these little hard things we have to do. And it has a gender in here, so for all the gender-neutral people out here, don't be offended. Um, but it says, a man's country is not a certain area of land, of mountains, river, and woods, but it is a principle. And patriotism is loyalty to that principle. And I'll I'll quote that again. Uh, A man's country is not a certain area of land, of mountains, rivers, and woods, but it is a principle. And patriotism is loyalty to that principle. And we talk about, and I talk about uh, patriotism a lot here on Bard's Logic. And again, it's small. But I think it's my patriotic duty for my country, okay, and for me to be principled, and I try to be principled where I can, is to do these small things, even though it's going to hurt. Again, I'm, I'm going to, you know, it's kind of a pain in the butt, you know, you know, to, to, to shift all these things with your, your, you know, your email. Um, it's, it's going to hurt even more for the Amazon uh, that it is. I was going to move over to Etsy, but then I found out that, you know. Etsy, uh, you know, is into new, you know, net neutrality and, you know, you know, giving the BLM, stuff like that. So it's going to be fine hard to do any type of like find a place that's you know, good for online shopping, you know, things of that nature. So that's going to be hard. But, I mean, if we're going to be principled people, I mean, these are the small things we're going to have to do, and we're going to have to do it by the million uh, for this to really make a difference because these people are so uh, embedded in there. And so our, our Skype caller, who I was going to bring in, uh, has not called back. I have an inkling on who that is, um, but uh, it's a good friend of ours. Uh, 
I know he doesn't like to be on hold very long. <laughs> and I try not to. Sometimes, we, you know, I, I guess I could have got him in right away. Um, but, you know, be that as it may, um, we didn't. So that, that's just how, you know, how it is. It's okay. Um, for that, so uh, anyway, I think that's uh, that's important for us to do. Uh, and I've just been kind of just going down the line here uh, with, with tonight's show. Uh, you know, again, a lot of nostalgia. Uh, I've been thinking about moving the show to, to Mondays now. I don't know yet. Considering it, uh, I just have to see. I mean, I don't want to, to be honest, because Wednesdays actually work out really well. I know maybe not for a lot of folks, and I apologize for that, but with my work schedule, it really works well for myself because um, I work late nights at my, my day job, the thing that actually makes me money, because I make no money. Actually, I pay money uh, to do this show. I don't make any money from it. <laughs> I don't have any commercials. I don't get any ads. I don't have any product or anything that I make any type of money. I pay for the website. I pay for the platform. Uh, I pay for the business cards I do to pass out uh, for things. So I, I don't make any money doing this. I'm not on a YouTuber or anything where I get you know money for clicks or anything like that. I mean, all this is, is, is funded by myself. Um, so on my day job, you know, I, I do work late on Thursdays, uh, so that's why it's better for me to, at this point to do uh, Wednesday nights because I, I don't have to be in at work until 1.15 uh, and then work until 10 on Thursday. So Wednesday nights are just better because, I mean, it does take me a few hours after a show. I mean, I'm pretty pumped up still, you know, maybe a little, you know, brain and, and mouth exhausted. Uh, but I'm still pumped up. I still got that adrenaline going uh, when I end the show. And, you know, it, it literally takes me a couple hours to unwind. And then sometimes, you know, I, I shouldn't do this because my doctor, when I see my doctor tomorrow, is probably going to tell me that as well, is, Robert, you probably shouldn't eat uh, at your dinner at 1 o'clock in the morning. That's, that's not the, the healthiest thing for you to do. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes I don't even eat dinner after the show because – Right when I get off at 6 o'clock uh, and the show's at 10, um, I'm, I'm spending the next four hours doing, you know, doing show prep, you know, setting up the link and, and getting, uh, you know, articles and topics to read and putting things together. Uh, because as the news cycle goes, frankly, you don't really know what you're going to talk about until the day before or the, or the day of, uh, just the way that news happens so fast anymore. I mean, you don't want to talk about something that, that, you know, get, you know, that happened, you know, at least spend all your time. Talk about something that happened last week. Uh, you want to do, you know, talk about something that is more, uh, more recent. So it does take some time to, to do, to do the show prep. There actually is show prep even for uh, blog radios and for all those bloggers out there. Uh, you know this. <laughs> you know that it does take, uh, take time. And, and also tonight, I was having some difficulties with the Bard's Logic newsroom uh, on the uh, my web uh, on the website. They've been haven't given me some issues lately, so I, I did spend a good good amount of time working on that tonight. So, um, so that that took a, you know a bunch of my time as well. So again, we we may you know move to Mondays uh, for those who just listen to the podcast. Um, that doesn't affect you as much. I still want you to listen to the show and share the show. Um, I got Suzette on. We get you in. Hopefully, our Skype caller will call in. But if we don't call in within the next half hour. Uh, not going to happen, but you know, hopefully, uh, again, if I know if it's who I think it is, uh, they're not the most patient person. Uh, but you know, hey, that's okay. Not everyone is. Um, but speaking of that, let's go ahead and I'll get off my soapbox. I've been kind of 
uh, going at it uh, for the, the past hour and a half. Uh, you, the audience, is probably getting tired at this point of hearing my voice. Uh, so let's go ahead and get in another one. And uh, thank you very much, Suzette, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm all right. I'm uh, doing laundry right now at the laundromat. So um, <laughs> I don't have too long to talk. I just wanted to say hello. <laughs> Well, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, um, uh, Kelly was not, uh, uh, you know, was not going to be able to join us this evening. He had a, a call come in, and then uh, Joseph. I want everyone to uh, wish Joseph a happy birthday tomorrow. Uh, is going to be our, our good friend uh, Joseph's birthday. He's going to be spending the time with um, someone he's working with, uh, campaigning, actually, and. Uh, well, you know, maybe we'll we'll talk more about that. Uh, but tomorrow's his birthday, so he's he's kind of taking it easy tonight uh, to to celebrate for his birthday tomorrow. So, of course, we want to wish uh, our good friend Joseph uh, here a, a happy birthday. Yes, happy early birthday. <laughs> yeah, certainly. So, yeah, if you listen to the podcast, he'll hear, and then of course we'll you know I'll, I'll get on that tomorrow. And then so he wasn't able to, and then I, I mean Dr. Tolbert, I know we haven't heard from him for a while. I don't. You know, he still, you know, sends me um, the things he's working on. The last time I seen, looks like he was looking at actually trying to get on uh, a job at the Biden administration. Of course, that'd be helpful for us. But I, I somehow don't think Biden would take somebody uh, take somebody on such as, uh, you know, Dr. Tolbert just as well. <laughs> Dr. Tolbert, I'm sure, I'm pretty confident would be against a lot of things that he would want to do. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, so I mean, I, you know, I know you can't stay on long. So what I'd like to do, um, to that is, you know, kind of tell. I mean, you, we've had our first week of the um, of the Biden regime, and that's what I'm calling it. Um, I'm calling him the pretender in chief, the fake president of a stolen election, uh, and dictator Biden are kind of my descriptions for him. So what do you and uh, so what do you think about the, his first week as uh, the pretender in chief? Yeah, that's about what sums it up. I mean, um, then you have a lot of people in Georgia, uh, and I named Georgia because that was like one of the last states uh, to have to cheat. But, uh, yeah, across the country, they're having buyer's remorse. Um, They felt that they were uh, manipulated and tricked into voting for him, and they're, you know, sorry that they did. And that's (laughs) probably part of the reason why the National Guard are still there. In Washington D.C., but uh, yeah. So if he's the most beloved and liked president, something's wrong. <laughs> Mainly, I mean, it's only in his mind, I think, and his handlers. But other than that, I don't think the country is as uh, fulfilled with admiration for him and his administration and policies as he believes that they are. I mean, it's so ridiculous to hear people say, "Yeah, we were manipulated," and I, I feel bad because I lied to people. When I knocked on a thousand doors and um, was telling him, look, he's our guy. He's going to give us the $2,000 in, um, you know, the stimulus checks, and he's going to see to it that it gets done. Trump ain't going to give us that and this and that. And so he had people, you know, saying that they would vote for Biden, and they did. And and he feels bad now because he feels like he lied to them because he was lied to. How sad is that? (laughs) Well, I mean, another thing is, 
I mean, and you, you're seeing like in Pennsylvania, like I, I'm trying to find an article that I had uh, where it's actually talking about, uh, you know, in Pennsylvania, the more evidence and stuff is coming out of fraud, you know, coming out in fraud. And all the how, you know, maybe I've seen it on Twitter. Um, you know, maybe I've seen, yeah, maybe I've seen it on Twitter, but you're basically stating that, you know, evidence is still coming out. You know, of course, it's too late now. Um, mm-hmm. you know, about how they they stole it. And and they knew that. I think they knew that, you know, well, it's going to come out, but it's going to come out too late. There's not really anything anyone's going to be able to do about it. And that's the sad part because, I mean, before he was even inaugurated, uh, President, fake President Biden, um, he was having, they were having confirmation hearings already for his nominees. And I thought, wow, that's awful quick. And that's because they needed, they needed to get them in. So this way on inauguration date, um, and thereafter, the confirmations would come through, and the Republicans are just saying, agreeing, yep, yep, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, and agreeing with all these nominations and passing them through, which is like stunning because the Republic or the Democrats weren't that kind to to uh, Trump with his not with any of his nominees. So I don't know, got to get those rhinos out. <laughs> but yeah, I'm actually working. Um, I'm you know I'm on the opposite end of the state and I'm trying to work with folks. I found a guy who, because I'm trying to get rid of uh, get you know, Gonzalez here, Representative Gonzalez in Ohio. Uh, he's from uh, Cleveland. And so, I mean, I, all the people who are connected to the GOP, I mean, I, I know down here on in my neck of the woods, and they, they really don't know very many people there, but I was doing some research and found a guy who might be a candidate to, to primary. And this is a time, folks, if you if you are in even just the state of one of those people who either supported the impeachment or, you know, uh, was against the recount or anything of that nature, like Portman, Rob Portman here in Ohio, he, he decided he's going to retire. And, of course, the reason I think he's going to re- – he's retiring is he knows the writing on the wall. He knows he's not going to be – because he's not going to uh, win re-election. He's not. I mean, he had an opportunity to stand up for the recount, and he didn't. Oh, not the recount, to so challenge the electoral college count, and he didn't. And, mm-hmm. he, I mean, he knows that he was going to get primaried out, but he just decided to retire. Uh, so when, he, <laughs> when he's done, I mean, he's done. Uh, but – I you know I find I want to find people, that, you know I might have found one who, you know maybe more in the lines of, I'm not saying that you know they were a Trump supporter or something, but in in the line of of Trump like this guy, you know that I'm looking at. I mean you know again I think I think instead of you know we take people from business. I mean these people are, you know he's a business person you know and so he's, he's a younger guy and. You know, I've, I've looked at a few things. Um, these guys still still take some vetting, but to also see mm-hmm. if there's any type of interest, find people who he's connected with to, you know, approach them. Because, of course, you know, got to approach somebody. Hey, do you want to run for office? Um, right. Now, I do have someone who actually worked for the, the Trump administration I could reach um, who, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I know personally who, you know, she, she was a, uh, a politician here, and she actually got to work. Uh, for a short period of time, at least for the Trump administration. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to have her back on. Who knows? She might be gun shy uh, for, for for talking about it because you know how they how they're treated. And now, of course, you know she won't be treated like that here. But 
Um, who knows? Now, she can't run against a guy because she's down here in this area, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, Gonzalez. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, try to find someone, you know, vet them, of course, you know, to, to try to primary these people out. Well, what about you? Well, I'm not I'm not in the area. I would have to move. Oh, okay. Okay. No, th- yeah, this guy's across state. Yeah, I li- um, ah. I live in I live in southwest Ohio. He lives in northeast Ohio. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so he's all the way across the state. So you ha- I mean, I don't I wouldn't live in the district. This guy lives in one of the districts. This uh the guy I'm looking at lives in the district that Gonzalez is is in. So he can he can run against him. Gotcha. Well, you heard about yeah. um, Gavin Newsom opening up our state, and in hopes of um, you know turning around the attitude as far as recalling him. <laughs> it's a little bit too late for that. <laughs> oh, well, look at Cuomo. You know, I mean, that, that, that's I mean, a, anyone with anyone with any type of common sense when they hear Cuomo and when they hear Newsom starting to want to open things up. Anyone with common sense got like, all right, we know what this is. You guys are all mm-hmm. worried about st- staying open with, you know, until until uh, about, you know, until Biden got it. Now Biden got coordinated, right? Now he got installed mm-hmm. into the White House, and that's how I'm uh, describing exactly. that. He got installed mm-hmm. into the White House. Um, then yeah, now they want to open things up. Now they want the economy to come back. Hmm. Well, they're stupid so in one sense because see how politicized they, they how much they politicized the coronavirus. They, they got to be they, they got to be either a moron or willfully ignorant. <laughs> I think a moron because if you think about it, all the policies that Trump had rolled back regulations and such that Obama had put into place that was slowing down the economy, and so he took all those out and either um, replaced them with better policies or just you know, kicked him to the curb. And so Biden's reversing all of Trump's policies. And so basically they're all going to be back Obama and they, and they think that the Trump uh, economy is going to carry him. And it's not because if you're installing back what was dragging the economy to begin with, then it's going to continue to drag the economy and it's not going to open up and prosper. I mean, that, how dumb can you be? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, for them not to see, the thing is to see them talking all about, oh, we got to stay shut down, this and that. And then, of course, now once, you know, he's been installed, they're like, oh, well, no, we got to uh, – let's open things up. If for anyone not to see that, okay, you know, COVID, uh, you know. Killed everything. But we talked about – I mean, we talked about that here on Bard's Lodge. Just what I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, I believe before you called in, is that, you know – I mean, you, I've been I've been railing about Ronnie since 2012, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you know, and people and then people were hating me like in 2012. What do you mean about Romney? Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> you know. And then now it's like, oh, yeah, Romney. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you calmed down I over mean, him now because you realize it wasn't worth all the all the stress that you put out because. The rants that he would go on over Romney, I mean, but he deserved every bit of it. He deserved every bit of it. I'll say that. But uh, yeah, he would get on some good ones. <laughs> well, well and, and then this is Romney in his own words. 
Now, Romney's all-day bus tour made a stop in Worcester this afternoon where supporters gathered to cheer him on and rally the troops to get out the vote. Voter turnout is expected to decide this race, with a large turnout expected to help Romney. With that in mind, the campaign has set up 38 phone banks and targeted 150,000 undecided and unenrolled voters to receive phone calls. Many Democrats say a tie in the polls gives the edge to Shannon O'Brien because she has that statewide organization, including union and minority support. But the Romney campaign says that support is overrated and is eroding. They point to the recent endorsement from El Mundo, the largest Spanish-speaking newspaper in the state. I think the old, uh, uh, you know, standby uh, definitions of who votes for which party have uh, been blown away in this campaign. I think people recognize that I'm not a partisan Republican, that I'm someone who is moderate and that my, my views are progressive, and that I'm going to go to work for our senior citizens, for people who've been left behind by urban schools that are not doing the right job, uh, and so they're going to vote for me regardless of the party label. So, yeah, my, my, my views are progressive. I mean, he's, I mean he's, that's right out of his mouth. My views are progressive, you know, and then that was when he was running for, I think, for governor of Massachusetts, and now he's in that, – that, that, that's what I find funny about some politicians. So you were once the governor of Massachusetts, and now you're a senator in Utah. <laughs> if, that's not, if that's not a political whore, I don't know what is. He's my friend. But it's like, come on. You know, I mean, if you're going to be a politician, say you're a, a governor in one state, and then you're a senator in the other. You know, that's, you know, it's like, anyway, I'm, it's like I'm going to move to wherever place I think I could get elected, which I'm actually shocked that Utah even elected him in the first place, even in a primary. I mean, he might not have had anybody primary against him. I don't know. I mean, the only thing that got him, in my opinion, to, to, to be the senator in Utah is he, he ran in on the coattails of him being the nominee against uh, Obama. Did I lose you there, Suzette? <laughs> Sorry about that. I was inside. Oh, the no, laundry. that's okay. No, I'm, <laughs> anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm, um, I've, got, I've got clothes in the dryer myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm actually at the laundromat down the street from my house right now. So. <laughs> oh, you're at a laundromat. Um, you don't mm -hmm. do laundry at home? Um, I normally do when the washing machine is working, but it's an old dog, oh, so no, periodically. What's that? Uh, did your laundry, your your washing machine broke? Yeah, it's an old dog, so every now and then it gets to leaking, and so then I, you know, got to wait till Rob fixes, and then um, so in the meantime I do laundry at the laundromat. <laughs> well, he needs to buy you a new one. I know. <laughs> We live in California, he, he, though. <laughs> so should we should we get a should we should we put a petition together to convince him to buy a new washing machine? <laughs> so oh, look, he knows because I get out my. There's five thousand people here that said you should buy me a washing machine. Exactly. Would that work? Exactly. Would that work? Um, no, because um, even when I get upset, because I like doggone it, I got to go do laundry at the laundromat. He says, "Why?" I said, "You know why? It doesn't work right now. It's leaking again." <laughs> uh, need to, I, I mean, I, I, now, are they more expensive in California just because it's California, or are they more expensive just because they have different, like, regulations on washing machines, too? Both. <laughs> All the taxes on them and stuff. Even the cheapest washing machine 
is goes for no less than two thousand dollars. So oh, two thousand dollars for a washing machine? Yeah. Of course it has been a decade since I bought one. But um <laughs> nothing I've had mine any bells and whistles. Uh huh. Yeah, this is this is a basic with no bells and whistles, you know, just a basic washing yeah. machine. But yeah. Wow. Two thousand dollars for a basic washing machine? Yeah, and then I thought, okay, well, so I'll try one of those rent-to-own places, but by the time you finish paying their interest rates on that, you're close to paying $2,000 or more, you know, for, oh, because easy. they're like, 50, oh, easy. $1,500, and yeah. it's like, $1,500, oh, yeah. how that. can they do that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so not $1,500. I mean, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I bought something that I bought something that way, and something 600 bucks that have cost me 1000 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, but when you, but you know what? When you want it and you want it now, then you're willing to do that. And for what I bought, I bought one of those. Um, it was Christmas time last year, and I really wanted one of those uh, those uh, electric fireplaces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really, really wanted yeah. one. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, screw it. I'll pay a little extra money to get it now. Yeah. So. Well, I might have to TV look into that. My TV's just on hate- top of it, so. Well, there you go. That's nice. I know. Yeah, I'm it's, just a, so, it's, probably, I'm just so... it's probably the nicest setup in my entire house. <laughs> <laughs> Something to be proud of there. If you looked at my TV, because it's a big TV, I'll admit it. It's, um, it's a 65-inch TV, one of those eight, four HD TVs sitting on um, – the fireplace that's got two cabinets on the – it's pretty long. It's about um, – I'd say it's about six feet long, this fireplace is. And, uh, and it's nice. nice. Now, if you only looked at the TV and looked at the fireplace, you'd be like, this guy's got money. But then if you look at the rest <laughs> of the house with the unmatched furniture and everything, you're like, no, nah, you know. He's as middle class as middle class comes. <laughs> that's funny. If you look at my wife's car in the driveway, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they got money. But then if, then you look at mine like, no. Nah. No, he's just middle class, middle class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, know, no. I mean, I know I, I know I tout here, um, you know, I, my, my daughter with the private school, and I, you know, I, I did send her to Greece one time. And I'm not Greece, Italy. Mm-hmm. I almost sent her to, um, to Greece, but they canceled it. But, yeah, I, you know, I'll tell you what, I worked my ass off for those. I mean, to send her to private school, I worked a part-time job just to, to help pay for her, her, her education. And then when um, mm-hmm. when she went to her uh, to the, her high school, offered her a trip to Italy. So you know you've heard me you know talking about that. And so yeah, the, I remember school that. Also uh, offered to take her to a trip to Greece. Now she was sixteen, seventeen years old, and she saved up two thousand dollars towards a trip to go to Greece. And um, so she worked too. So she worked and saved up two grand so she could go to Greece, and they canceled it. Now we got to get the money yeah. back. And and then, um, but then you know she went to Italy. But I mean, the way I paid, for, I mean, I I worked again. I worked uh, you know part time jobs so I can pay for them. I mean, my regular job, no, <laughs> I had to. I, mean, <laughs> I was working extra. I mean, during the summer, because I was working at a baseball stadium. Uh, during the summer, I, I remember in a three month period, I had like three days off and a three where I didn't have a, a day where I worked. And about three months, mm-hmm. I had like three days off. So in the whole three months time, and um, so yeah, so I worked my ass off. 
You know, but I mean, that's the thing you do when you, you know, you want those things. But I think a lot of people are losing that, unfortunately, in, in the United States. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, my concern right now is just saving money. I mean, I could, you know, go do the rent to own because it's there. But it's like, well, I don't know if I want to do that right now. We just need to save the money right now because we don't know what's happening. So I'll just have to deal with the band-aiding the washer we have and work with that until well, there's more true. stability. You know, that's all well, I think. That's my you know, concern. If the worst comes to worst, I can hunt squirrel and, um, you know, drink rain, <laughs> uh, drink rain, uh, rainwater and, uh, you know, I don't think. Yeah, wash clothes in the I, bathtub. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, here's the thing. I frankly, here, here's what I think. Here's what I think. What, what here's what I think the worst case scenario is. I know there's a lot of gloom and doom out there, and you know, with the economy, that all the economy is going to crash and stuff. Blah blah blah. I, I really don't think so, and this is why. I I don't think it's going to because it, it, I mean I don't think the middle class is going to get like destroyed. I don't I don't think it's going to be like that, um, where we're all you know eating squirrels. Um, but what I do think, because for one, if we don't, if the middle class, that, that's where the government gets their money. They get it from the middle class. So it'd be, they, they can't, they can't tax the, the hell out of the rich and get the money they need for their agenda. They have to get it from the middle class. So I don't think the government can destroy the middle class because frankly, they'd be destroying themselves. What they can do, and I think that this is where the biggest, where the biggest possibility is, is they can make things so difficult that you can't afford to send – no matter how many jobs you work, you can't afford to send your kids to a private – you can't afford to have any, any you know, nice things like take a nice trip once a year or you know, make sure you, you got some nice you – know, just some nice things for your family. So basically I think what they're going to try to do is make it for the middle class where the only thing you'll be able to afford are the essentials. No luxuries, no extras. You're only going to be able to afford – you know. Basically, you know, the clothes on your back, the shelter that you live in, and food. Because that's where I think they want the middle class. Um, well, that's where they are now. That, that, I mean, with you COVID. Can't afford, you can't afford luxuries. Right. Yeah, that's where we are right now. With COVID, you know, just really killed a lot of jobs, businesses, and things like that. So where you say um, the middle class, I'm saying what middle class? You know, and if, and if they're only be able to – Afford the essentials, then they're they're not middle class anymore. It's just the poverty level just went down one level. So now you have the what used to be middle class in the poverty line, and then you have those that were at the poverty line below the poverty line. <laughs> well, yeah, and then they're going to give them our money, and then and and that's the thing with these, you know, all these illegals. I mean, here's the thing: these illegals coming in, do they really mm-hmm. think we're stupid? To think that all these illegals coming in are going to come in and get a job, I mean, do they really think we're that dumb? One, they can't speak a lick of English, and whereas they right. might be able to do some roofing or, or as, as Kelly likes to say, pick lettuce, you know, is that you you don't have enough jobs to cover all these illegals they want to bring in here. And right. what, what they're going to do is they're going to destroy, they're going to destroy our social welfare system. You know, our safety net, as they like to call it. And the thing is, is they're like, oh, well, we need more money for these social programs. We need to educate all these kids, you know, and then we got to make everyone speak in America. See, that's the thing that pisses me off 
the moon. You know, if you want to come to America and you want to work your ass off and build your family, come on in. Work your ass off and build something. I've got no problem with that. You know, part of me even don't care if you come in here illegally. If you come in here and work your ass off, I don't – I almost – not quite – I'm not quite there yet. I'm not quite mm-hmm. there yet, but there's a part of me that says, look, I get you want to get out of your shitty, your, your shitty nation, country you live in. I get that. I get you want to get the hell out of there. I know you want a better life for your kids, so you're willing to take the danger to get into this country. But damn it, if you're going to come to the United States, and if, even if you come in illegally, which, again, I'm, I'm not totally on board with that, um, but if you are going to do it, two things. Learn how to speak our freaking language so that we don't have to accommodate you. We shouldn't have to accommodate you. We shouldn't have not have to, all these illegals where they're putting up Spanish signs all over the place, and, and, and you, you, you call somebody on the telephone. For one, pick English. Two, pick Spanish. No, we shouldn't have to accommodate them. You need to come here, learn our language, and work your freaking ass off, you know, like like we do, mm-hmm. right? Like like yeah. you and me and the other most of the other people on the phone. That I don't care if you're going to come to this country, work your ass off. If you're going to come to this country so that you can get on the social safety net, you know what? Stay the hell out of the country because for me, if you're coming into this country just to get on our welfare system, you're not an illegal immigrant. You're a, you know what? You're not a illegal immigrant. You're an invader. You are invading our country. And you, and, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, you should be treated as such. Yeah. You're an invader. Yeah. You, I mean, you, and you, if you're coming in here and you're coming in here and you're stealing our money is what you're doing because mm-hmm. you're coming here. Yeah. You're doing an illegal act to get here, and now you're coming in and you want us to teach your kids. You know, we you want us to spend our tax dollars to teach your children, put clothes on their backs, put food in your family's mouth, and give you shelter. No. You know, come here and work your ass off. You know, anyway, yeah. I, that's one of my big top pet peeves you know, topics. And then when you got Biden, and, and and the thing is, is he's going to let the people in here who aren't going to work their asses off, and that's how he's going. It's one of the ways he's going to weaken the country. Well, and think about this too. Supposedly, California was out of control with the COVID, and Texas, and all these other areas, right? Um, so, yeah, let's let more people in so we can spread more COVID around so we can stay locked down longer. What an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, I mean, a great example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm pissed about. And let me tell you, this, everyone on this call should do this. And I don't, I'm not in the, the job of telling people what to do. This is a, a suggestion. And we, wow, I can't believe we're almost to the top of the hour. But here's the suggestion is that, and I try to do this every day, I do miss a couple days. But you know, whether you think it's false, whether you think it's true, just take the numbers from the CDC. You know, I've already done this. People are like, oh, those aren't the real numbers, Robert. I know that, but I'm posing it anyway. Every single day, post the, the post the total death death of COVID numbers from January 21st until today. Say these are the number of COVID deaths because of the Biden administration. Start blaming the Biden administration for all the COVID deaths, and it starts getting out there, and Biden starts getting to blame for all the COVID deaths. Mm-hmm. You'll see how fast his numbers start to drop. They're like, oh yeah. hell, we can't we can't let the American people blame Biden for the COVID deaths. I'm <laughs> telling you, those, those those numbers are going to drop like a rock once once people start blaming Biden for for COVID deaths. Yep. But until yep. we do that, exactly. they're, they're going to keep this crap going. 
Well, I got to get going. I got to switch my clothes over, but um, it's good talking to you. And um, and I'll keep an eye out for um, for your text on when you're going to do the show. If you're going to do it Mondays or Wednesdays. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, that's. I mean, it's going to take a couple weeks to even decipher on what's going on. Um, again, I'm going to try to just uh, go through the conference call like during my lunchtime uh, on Tuesdays so that I don't uh, switch to to Mondays. Because I mean, again, because of um, it just works better for me to do the show on Wednesdays. And then, and if I did it on Mondays, it's because I would have to switch my late night to Tuesdays, which I really don't want to do. Um, but again, I mean, this is weeks. This is something that's weeks from now. So I would almost, you know, I would almost guarantee that next week's show uh, will be on a Wednesday. So stay okay. tuned for next week. We'll 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 see what transpires for then. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Take care. Have a good night. We'll see you next week. And so, uh, what I've got here, and this is again, if you can access the 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 website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, go to the uh, newsroom. Uh, again, you may be able to get this article uh, article here. Um, and and again, we're talking about uh, Biden regime already weakening America. Here's an article here you can find from there. It's from the DC Patriot. And it says, Biden rescinds Trump order keeping China out of American power grid. Uh, Amid President Joe Biden's wholesale effort to use executive authority to wipe away the impacts of former President Donald Trump and Bard's Logic's current president, Donald Trump, (laughs) I added that part in myself, uh, came one swipe of the pen that impacts China's ability to gain a foothold in America's power grid. A binding executive order issued on the day he took the oath of office included without comment, there's the media, the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. I'm telling you, the Democrat Party has brought us closer to being like China than any other administration that I can think of. You know, I mean, again, you have the propaganda arm, uh, the media, and then you have them want to have one-party control, um, and then they want to rule. You know, not as represent. They don't want to. They don't want to govern as representatives. They want to rule as an oligarchy. So now that you know, want the China to be able to uh, do that. So this is Executive Order One Three Nine Two of. Well, let's see. This is uh, the old one. It looks like it says uh, Executive One Three Nine Two of May First. 2020, securing the United States bulk power system is hereby suspended for 90 days. The Secretary of Energy and the Director of OMB shall jointly consider whether a recommendation that a replacement order be issued, Biden order stated. Here's the full executive order from the White House. So, wow, it's long. I don't know if I want to read all of it. It's a lot. Um, So basically... Yeah, so go if you know go to the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com and go to the uh, the page that is the Bards Logic Newsroom. If you haven't subscribed already, uh, please subscribe to it. You're only going to get one email once a week, so you're not going to get you know a lot of emails on it. And also, while you're there, uh, you can you know come back here to Blog Talk Radio, like. 
and follow, not like, just, uh, but follow the uh, the show. Uh, that'd be appreciated as well. And then even more, most importantly, uh, I think is to share the link. Uh, if you can, you know, email it, take the link and email it to folks, or if you can, you know, tell people about it so they can listen to it on their podcast um, or the podcast app. You can find it on iHeartRadio. You can find it on all kinds of uh uh, podcast app. So uh, look it up. You just search, you know, Bard's Logic Political Talk, and you can find it on different apps. <laughs> and you can also find it on uh, iHeartRadio. And so, if, and if you can't, you know, for, you know now, so you're getting hitting some little glitches uh, here with the the website, especially the the newsroom part of the website. Uh, then, you know, that it's on the the DCPatriot.com. And the name of the article is Ridiculous Biden Rescinds Trump's Order uh, to Keeping China Out of America Power Grid. And, I mean, it's very legalese here. Um, It's got the the executive order in its entirety. Uh, So definitely uh, check that out. Um, And, again, Biden – I mean, one of the things that the Democrat presidents have a hard time with is that they always seem to think that they need to be the president of the world instead of the president of the United States. Um, and, and, you know, and, and that, that's the problem. Yes, do we have the United States be you know, the, the leaders of the world? I, I, I do. I think we should definitely show leadership in the world. But we shouldn't show leadership in the world to the detriment of the citizens of the country because these politicians are supposed to represent us First, not China, not other politicians. That's why I stated earlier, if you're, you know, go out and find candidates that you can help run because, you know, we want politicians who are of and for the people, not of and for the politicians. Those are the type of people uh, that we want to have in office, not them. So that's, that, again, that's just another way to do that. Um now we are in the uh, the top of the hour. Uh, so now, if uh, for the callers who are on, is if you'd like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial. I can get you in, and then but don't let your uh, call drop because then if so, uh, we'll, we'll not be able to get you back into the show. Um, we may or may not do a full version of uh, the, the the show tonight. Uh, we'll see how that uh, you know, pans out uh, with that because. Bart's Logic is the uh, you know show where, again, normally you don't hear me doing nearly uh, as much of the talking as I had tonight. Again, I think you know, some folks came in late. There might be some miscommunications or a hard time getting in, things of that nature. Um, but I don't um, come on here to bloviate. Uh, we come here to have uh, you know, discussions, and so we'll see how. Now, what we're doing earlier tonight is we're kind of having some fun. Uh, doing some, you know, you know, doing some nostalgia, I guess we can say, you know, about some past shows. You know, maybe check out all the archives. And I know there's there, there's pretty much uh, a lot, um, you know, a, a lot we've done uh, through the through the years here. And the last thing we heard uh, heard about, uh, remember when you know, because you know I'm a big supporter of the space program, <laughs> is that you heard. Um, you heard uh, 
uh, Eileen, I'm trying to get her last name uh, here for you. Um, Eileen Collins, uh, you know, at the uh, convention, the 2016 convention uh, there. And so what I'd like to go back to that is, you know, one of the things we, we've talked about, you know, Biden regime is already weakening the weakening America. And one of the things I've said many times on the show is that, you know, the, the Democrat Party of today is not the Democrat Party of JFK. Uh, they're certainly not. I mean, JFK, you know, had a vision for America, for America's greatness. I mean, they talk about – the Democrats today all talk about, you know, they don't really talk about the greatness of America. They talk about uh, the America being a leader, right? They don't talk about the greatness of America. Uh, they talk about, uh, you know, the greatness of, you know, of leaders, okay? And so – excuse me. And so but, – but what it is is them leading is leading from behind. Is whereas, you know, they'll let other countries dictate what they want done, and then the way we lead is by us being the ones who are funding it more than anyone else. And, you know, they talk about all these, you know, these grand visions, but the grand visions isn't for uh, the United States as much as the world. And again, I mean, I do think that we should be, you know, leaders in the world, but it has it can't be, <clears throat> excuse me, leaders of the world where to the detriment of of we the people. Um, and, and so, but JFK, he was a, a Democrat, but he was the, you know, a, a Democrat. I, I think for you know that was for the United States, uh, for America, and actually one of the things. Uh, the LaRouche Pack would say about Trump is that they would say that Trump was the best Democrat since JFK. Now, of course, we know he, he ran as a Republican. Trump, although ran as a Republican, really isn't a Republican. He's more of a populist than anything else. That's why a lot of Republicans hate him, of course, with the lack of a viable third party now, uh, you know, not just now, but, you know, there's the lack of a viable third party, then, you know, Trump in order to to win had to run as a as a Republican. Now whether a new Patriot Party would come to be, which again I found interesting on Twitter, uh there was a, a Patriot Party a group there on Twitter that for for one reason or another, I can't find what uh the reason is, Twitter decided to uh limit uh their account. Now what I've read from there, I mean it gets it was just cursory. I didn't you know I didn't do an in depth read on why, but the organization on Twitter, uh, that Twitter handle has only been on Twitter since January the 6th of this year, uh, you know, called the Patriot Party. And they've already got, have been limited, and they've only been on for 22 days. You know, and our, I mean, so three weeks, and, and, and uh, Twitter's already limited it, the Patriot Party. You know, and so... We only got the you know we only got the two parties now maybe a patriot party but bringing it back to JFK is and I said this a lot is the Democrat Party certainly isn't and I think we need to remind the people uh, of, of who JFK really was and I mean when I mean remind people I mean we need to uh, remind 
the Democrats about JFK because if we can get bring aboard, you know, I, I know a lot of them would be your, your older and senior folks, but if we can bring them aboard uh, and, and those who you know remember JFK and remember his policies and, and how he thought of America, then I think they would be maybe maybe for a Patriot Party, maybe not so much, but at least onto our way of thinking and say, look, the, the Democrats. Aren't who they used to be. I mean, the Republicans aren't either, but but at least they were for you know you know, you know pro America. So let's. Uh, I want to play this audio here to remind our Democrat, the people who I we could still consider as Democrat friends. Uh, every day that number is dwindling lower. I think you know I, you know I hate to see where all of them turn to you know the extreme leftists that we're seeing, but hopefully we could kind of remind them of what and Democrat who is. A Democrat for America sounds like. Win the battle that is now going on around the world between freedom and tyranny. The dramatic achievements in space which occurred in recent weeks should have made clear to us all, as did the Sputnik in 1957, the impact of this adventure on the minds of men everywhere who are attempting to make a determination of which road they should take. Since early in my term, our efforts in space have been under review. With the advice of the Vice President, who is Chairman of the National Space Council, we have examined where we are strong and where we are not, where we may succeed and where we may not. Now it is time to take longer strides, time for a great new American enterprise, Time for this nation to take a clearly leading role in space achievement, which in many ways may hold the key to our future on Earth. I believe we possess all the resources and talents necessary, but the facts of the matter are that we have never made the national decisions or marshaled the national resources required for such leadership. We have never specified long-range goals on an urgent time schedule or managed our resources and our time so as to ensure their fulfillment. Recognizing the head start obtained by the Soviets with their large rocket engines, which gives them many months of lead time, and recognizing the likelihood that they will exploit this lead for some time to come in still more impressive successes, we nevertheless are required to make new efforts on our own. For while we cannot guarantee that we shall one day be first, we can guarantee that any failure to make this effort will make us lost. We take an additional risk by making it in full view of the world. But as shown by the feet of astronaut Shepard, this very risk enhances our stature when we are successful. But this is not merely a race. Space is open to us now, and our eagerness to share its meaning is not governed by the efforts of others. We go into space because whatever mankind must undertake, free men must fully share. I therefore ask the Congress above and beyond the increases I have earlier requested for space activities to provide the funds which are needed to meet the following national goals. 
First, I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the Earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space, and none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. We propose to accelerate the development of the appropriate lunar spacecraft. We propose to develop alternate liquid and solid fuel boosters, much larger than any now being developed, until certain which is superior. We propose additional funds for other engine development and for unmanned exploration, explorations which are particularly important for one purpose which this nation will never overlook, the survival of the man who first makes this daring flight. But in a very real sense, it will not be one man going to the moon. We make this judgment affirmatively, it will be an entire nation, for all of us must work to put him there. Secondly, an additional $23 million, together with $7 million already available, will accelerate development of the Rover nuclear rocket. This gives promise of someday providing a means for even more exciting and ambitious exploration of space, perhaps beyond the moon, perhaps to the very end of the solar system itself. Third, an additional $50 million will make the most of our present leadership by accelerating the use of space satellites for worldwide communication. Fourth, an additional $75 million, of which $53 million is for the Weather Bureau, will help give us at the earliest possible time a satellite system for worldwide weather observation. Let it be clear, and this is a judgment which the members of the Congress must finally make, let it be clear that I am asking the Congress and the country to accept a firm commitment to a new course of action a course which will last for many years and carry very heavy costs, $531 million in fiscal 62, and an estimated $7 to $9 billion additional over the next five years. If we are to go only halfway or reduce our sights in the face of difficulty, in my judgment, it would be better not to go at all. Now, this is a choice which this country must make. And I'm confident that under the leadership of the space committees of the Congress and the appropriating committees that you will consider the matter careful. It is a most important decision that we make as a nation. But uh, all of you have lived uh, through the last four years and have seen the significance of space and the adventures in space. And no one can predict with certainty uh, what the ultimate meaning will be of mastery of space. I believe we should go to the moon. But I think every citizen of this country, as well as the members of the Congress, should consider the matter carefully in making their judgment, to which we've given attention over many weeks and months, because it is a heavy burden. And uh, there is no sense in uh, agreeing uh, or desiring that the United States take an affirmative position in outer space unless we are prepared to do the work and bear the burdens to make it successful. If we are not, we should decide today and this year. This decision demands a major national commitment of scientific and technical manpower, 
materiel and facilities, the possibility of their diversion from other important activities where they're already thinly spread. It means a degree of dedication, organization, and discipline, which have not always characterized our research and development efforts. It means we cannot afford undue work stoppages, inflated costs of material or talent, wasteful interagency rivalries, or a high turnover of key personnel. New objectives and new money cannot solve these problems. They could, in fact, aggravate them further, unless every scientist, every engineer, every serviceman, every technician, contractor, and civil servant gives his personal pledge that this nation will move forward with a full speed of freedom in the exciting adventure of space. Now that all, I mean, that's <laughs> okay. That speech was actually that was a, a portion of it. Uh, I normally don't like to play too long uh, of, of audio clips here on the show. Um, I'm thinking with that one, perhaps uh, for its impact, uh, I should have played the, the full version. Uh, I won't uh, now because I already played the, the partial uh, version of it. But that speech is 17 minutes long, and I probably should have played that one. Uh, because, you know, it, it talks more about, you know, America, greatness of America, things of that nature. And, you know, the, the, the Democrats, just they just don't have that, um, as, they, as they did with, you know, with JFK. Um, they're more towards, oh, well, how, how can we help out the world? Which, again, I think, you know, it, it, it's, it's great that we want to, you know, help other countries out, things of that nature, but not to the detriment of the United States. And I think that is um, – I think that is the problem. One of the problems. One is, you know, that they don't do. They want to be the representatives um, and support the, the rest of the world uh, before they want to support the the, the citizens. And then that. And the second, of course, is the, the problem with China. I think that they truly do believe that. Oh well, China. It's, you know, they're going to take over the agenda uh, anyway. So let, well, let's go ahead and just, you know, you know, help them out with it. Maybe. Somehow we and our family uh, will be able to, you know, benefit uh, from that. And so uh, there's there's a lot of problems. We have to, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to work hard. I mean, I know a lot of people are, and I can tell. I can tell there are a lot of people who are just, they're just discouraged. I mean, they're just doing things in their, 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 their regular life. Um, I think they just want to... Uh, you know, bury themselves in you know the 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 normal you know the normal everyday things of life, uh, done with politics, you know, done with the fight, and I can understand why a lot of people uh, feel that way. Again, you know, I, I've said this numerous times. I mean, I feel that uh, a lot as well. Um, but you know, and it does feel like we're always fighting, right? We're always you know working towards something that we never. Uh, we get our goal. I mean, I believe me. I, mean, I understand how one could one could feel that um, you know you you fight and you fight and you fight, and then you don't you don't come into fruition. I mean, I get that. I mean, I've got some, uh, and I don't generally talk about personal stuff this, uh, on the show, and I'm not going to divulge that tonight on this episode. Um, but I myself have had. You know, 
you know, fight where, you know, of a personal nature where, you know, you just, you, you keep fighting, you keep fighting for something specific. You have a specific goal in mind or, or something you want, you really want out of life or something like that. And, you know, you do all you can to, to try to make it happen. You know, you fight the good fight, but you never, you never reach that goal. Uh, you'll never get what you've been fighting for all that time and all those years. Um, I get it. I mean, I, 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 I've had that happen to me uh, personally in, in, in multiple ways. And again, I'm not really going to divulge a lot of that stuff on the, on the show. It's not, it's not what the show is about. Um, but I mean, I get it. What I'm trying to convey is to people, I, I get it. I understand why people are dejected. I get why people want to walk away. I, I know why people just want to you know, get back into their, just their, their regular every day and, and not deal with this anymore. And I fight, because they feel like, why? why? Why bother? I mean, it's I, I'm, I've been doing this for years, and you know, I mean, and I, I think of our good friend uh, Jim Condit Jr. Uh, I mean, he's been working on electronic voter fraud or voter fraud for three decades. And I mean, you heard him on the show and how frustrated he was on the show um, just some, you know, a few weeks or so ago. How frustrated he was. I mean, you imagine working on something for decades, trying to, you know basically be the Paul Revere, right, you know, warning people coming down the, the line. I mean, he's been trying to uh, warn people for, for decades about this this ma- this type of massive voter fraud. And, and uh, only to come out, you know, this year uh, or, la- you know, last year when it was the most important, right, and to have it, have it happen the way it is. I mean, we feel, we feel powerless. That's why I stated earlier, I mean, there's little things that we can do. But we need to convince other people to do it too, you know. Do those small things, you know, and then get others to do it. And you know, it may take you know tons of people to to get it done. Um, but then, you know, right now again, I know we feel that you know, well, you know, I'm just one person. How can I make a difference? You know, things of that nature. Um, you know, but we we still have to. I mean, I know. You know, we, we do what we can here on the show. I mean, I've joined this year, you know, well, last year, uh, one organization, and I've got a new show, uh, or, you know, a new thing, you know, a new uh, organization. Uh, you know, I joined, you know, so we, again, as I said earlier in the show, you know, get with your neighbors, get with your friends. I mean, there's, uh, you know, got to be a lot of folks who really want to, to, to do something. Uh, they just, you know, feel alone, and I, I think a lot of people do, but we're not. Um, and then just remember, uh, you remember this, you know, as, as you recall, I'm a big Star Trek fan, so I like to take things from that where I can. And so I really, I really love this little, um, uh, this little interlude here uh, on one of the Star Trek episodes. Hope will be past or future, tyranny or freedom. It is time, in every revolution, there's one man with a vision. Captain Kirk, I shall consider it. For that time, I have some... (laughs) So, uh, again, sometimes it can only take one person. 
Oh, but we just lost one of our listeners. Sometimes in a way it can take one. No, no, I think I'll end things with this. We're going to end a little early tonight. It's been a long, long night, long road. And we'll be back again next week. You know, join those organizations. Be that one person who, you know, maybe be that one person in the revolution, right? Um, and what is that? What's it going to be? Freedom of tyranny. I mean, we've seen uh, an executive order uh, for, you know, 30, 37, more than 37 in the first week. So who, who, who knows what it, it, it we're in store for uh, later on uh, with, with all that happening just in that short of time. Well, good night, folks. Uh, I will end tonight as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. Uh, hopefully we'll see more folks uh, next week. As we do uh, continue our fight, because um, remember, folks, as our beginning uh, song says, uh, we need to stand shoulder to shoulder. And that's what I'm asking from uh, the audience tonight, uh, shoulder to shoulder. Mm-hmm.